Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos. This is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community, and we focus on Magic Arena. I have a brand new guest to the podcast. Please welcome our new guest, Hina Lika. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? I am Ligia, also known as Hina Lika. I'm a Magic player from Brazil. So I would like to start apologizing for my English. I'm pretty, pretty sorry if uh, anything is in, in hard to understand or totally grammatically wrong, but I'll do my best. Oh, thank you so much. No worries. I think uh, when we're all speaking the language of magic, we can easily communicate. For sure, for sure. It is easier for me just to sit and play magic even in another language. Mm -hmm. um, magic fests I've already played against people from other countries like Argentina, Peru, Bolivia, United mm. States, Japan. And magic is such like a universal language, you know, it's easier to understand things like, oh, you may go, or yes. your turn, or draw, stuff like that, it's easy to understand. Mm -hmm. That just shows how well the game is designed, that it can be translated to various languages, don't you think? Oh, for sure, for sure. And I think this is magical, mm -hmm. <laughs> truly magical, you know, because you can play with people from all over without need a language for that you know mm -hmm. uh, oh everyone should play in Esperanto wow sure it's so hard or English or Portuguese uh, Engl uh, your language is not a barrier for for you to play so mm -hmm. I think this is very magical mm -hmm. now at the beginning of the podcast I usually like to give the guest a chance to promote themselves so do you have any Twitch or YouTube or anything you'd like to share oh yes for sure I stream uh, three times a week at my Twitch account, twitch.tv um, slash Hinalika, H-I-N-A-L-Y-K-A. I don't know if I'm spelling this right in English, but I think that will, I'll give the link for you to, to share. I stream in Portuguese. I apologize for that. <laughs> I should stream in English more often, but well... Anyone, no one asked before. Mm -hmm. Maybe if a lot of people ask, oh, please, it's in English one day at mm -hmm. a time. I, should, I could, I could practice a little more too. It's not impossible. Sure, that would be interesting. And I'll, and I'll definitely put the link into the, into the show notes so people can just simply click and, and go subscribe to you. Yes, it's easier than me spelling like A, B, C, G, E, F, G. It's easier this way. Yes, we're just so used to clicking links nowadays that even when you're trying to spell something simple, even from an English to English speaker, sometimes it's just difficult to spell things. So just give me a link to click. So how long have you been playing uh, any form of magic, either paper or digitally? Oh, we started in 2005. 2005. Mm -hmm. I was doing a, a pre-course for college i was trying to enter college so we do this preparatory school mm. to enter college properly and some friends taught me the game and i was fascinated at first by images mm. i remember very clearly i really really liked uh art of mtg was the very first thing that drew my attention mm -hmm. then i moved to flavor texts 
that they really draw me even more than arts mm -hmm. and interaction between cards and then suddenly i was playing magic with my friends borrowing their decks and having so much fun that i i even bought my own deck it was an orzov uh, orzov life link from hmm. huge pact in 2006 mm -hmm. and it's still one of my favorites too nowadays well, that's interesting. I also like Orzhov colors. I, there's something about the black and white aesthetic of it and the creatures and the whole lore behind it. I enjoy Orzhov as well, uh, as well as Demir, blue and black. So uh, those are pretty enjoyable. And they both seem to have in common the, the, the black mana. So would you say you're more attracted to white or black uh, magic in, in the terms of, of the game? Curiously, none of them. I mean, it's strangely to say, but none of them. Uh, I'm basically an agro player, mm -hmm. um, a red deck player. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I started with Orzov, but then uh, I started to explore another, another ways of playing Magic, another formats, another decks. Mm -hmm. And then I fell in love for Tap a Mountain, three of damage on your face. You know? <laughs> The, the good old mono red strategy. Uh, I easily fell in love for that, and I still play mono red when everything else fails. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my god, there's uh, exchange of formats. Oh my god, these collections. This uh, when they took such uh, such cards are going to rotate, and then I'll lose my deck, mm -hmm. and so and oh the cry, oh lords, oh crying, mm -hmm. and then. I usually tend to mono red because it's my safe place. Mm -hmm. I, if anything else fails, I know how to to play aggressively and aggro mode, so it's easier for me. No problem with people that play control or combo, but aggro is my homeland, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, when you first started playing, how long did it take you to move over to more of the aggro strategies? And do you remember any of the first red cards that you really liked in the beginning? Oh, I first fell in love for Lightning Bolt, mm -hmm. the, the proper one. <laughs> the, the Lightning Bolt was my, my first pick in a booster that I, I totally looked at it and, wow, I want to do, uh, I want to build a deck around this. It's so nice. But it took like four years. Uh, mm -hmm. Between this time, I entered the college properly, and then I moved to to do the college. I moved from my my hometown, Santos. From it's a CSI town from Brazil. Then I moved to countryside. It was a total change change of mm -hmm. environment, a total change of lifestyle, and it took me a little while to find people who play magic in that little town too. Mm -hmm. Pretty two or three years to find people that play magic on that little town. It's mm -hmm. called Botucatu, is in very countryside of Sao Paulo, the same state I live in now. Mm -hmm. And then finally I found the guys who played magic on that little town and we started playing and we played until next, until last year I played with them. Then I moved to Sao Paulo, the capital from the state of Sao Paulo. Mm -hmm. And then here we have so many places to play, so many L um, LGS is sorry I speak that in Portuguese hmm. so many local stores yeah. <laughs> sorry it's like it's like a little switch Portuguese English and sometimes I got uh, caught up in the translation sorry about oh that. sure no that's okay 
So that's interesting that uh, you started, uh, you know, in, in a larger area, then you went to the, the country, the rural area, and then now you've, you're back to the big city again. And through it all, you've you've enjoyed magic. Uh, when I first uh, played, I actually first played in the in the late 90s uh, in, in about 1995 when I was in high school before college. And I played from around 1995 to 1999, and I stopped for a long time until 2017, and I started up again. So I've been playing since then, but I, I first played back on the first few generations of Magic, and it was quite a difference uh, when I got back into the game. Oh, I, I totally understand how you feel. My boss, uh, he's a Magic player since 1993 as well, mm -hmm. and he never stopped, but he takes a break sometimes, and then he goes back and plays again. Since I joined the clinic, I'm a veterinarian. I didn't know if I if I told before, but I made vet school, and mm -hmm. then I'm a vet, I'm a acupuncturist, veterinary acupuncturist. Mm -hmm. And he, so, so, so is he. Mm -hmm. And we play magic sometimes, even on the clinics. It's so super nice. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting how you mentioned that Lightning Bolt is a, is a card that you really enjoy uh, as a red player, of course. And I, I had uh, Lightning Bolt from those times with the original art, and there's been different versions of the art. So maybe you can later on, you can share which of the version of the art was the one that you remember playing with because it has evolved. Like you were saying, you also enjoy the art. I enjoy the art as well. And I've seen that, that card in particular, Lightning Bolt, how it has changed in the art throughout the years. My favorite one is M10. Hmm because it was the very first one I saw on a booster. I draw this one on a booster, picked on a booster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so M uh, M10 version is my favorite. Mm -hmm. We we both learned to play Magic when it was just paper, cards, tabletop, as they yeah. call it. And now we're, we're evolving over to Magic Arena, the digital way to play Magic. How long have you played Magic Arena? Oh, Magic Arena is so fascinating. I started in the closed beta, like December of 2017, I guess. Oh. Mm -hmm. 2017, yes. I started on December, on December mm -hmm. received uh, a code after playing a pre-release event. Mm. And then I started playing. I trained for nationals from 2018 mm -hmm. in Arena, both Arena and, and Magic Online was playing a very nice version of Sarkans and Ceiling, mm. uh, Gru and Ceiling, basically. It was super nice, but not very competitive. Mm -hmm. It was nice to play. Mm -hmm. And then I've been, I've been playing since 2017. Mm -hmm. Oh, you must be one of the lucky ones that did get the beta access all the way back from 2017 because I requested it in January 2018, and then it was about April 2018 that I got my invite. So you you were there at the very beginning, and I'm sure you've seen the evolution of the of the software in all of this time, haven't you? Oh yeah, for sure, and it was uh, very nice because. We saw everything changing. Now we have um, a lot of stuff like Chandra's cat and <laughs> so many, yes, so many cool stuff. And we have some swipes as well, like oh, your all your collection has gone yes. because we have to restart the all the project. Mm -hmm. But here is some some cards for you to rebuild your collection. Mm -hmm. So this was the bad part of showing the closet beta, but. It, it, 
it was good in mm-hmm. the end. It was still good, not a a bad bad point, you know. It was still a good thing to to join this project this earlier. Mm-hmm. Now, both of us have also been lucky in that we we were both part of the early access streamer event for Corset 2020. Um, how did you enjoy your your streaming event? Oh, so much, so much. I was cosplaying Chandra as mm-hmm. well <laughs> from the waist up, you know, because yeah, that's the part. Yes, for the camera, for sure. And it was super, super fun because everyone well, um, followed me on Twitter to see how the cosplay was going, was developing and so. And people enjoy being part of it. It was super nice. I, I made a lot of lists with elementals. Mm-hmm. That's such a thing now that mm-hmm. M20 is on the stars and up to be playable in championships and so. Mm-hmm. And people enjoyed that, uh, enjoyed a lot. Uh, elemental lists, um, mm-hmm. Zorio's flying lists as well with Sephara. Oh, they really, really like lists with Chandra and Nisa. Mm-hmm. Oh, elementals. Also elementals as well. Yes. yes, people enjoyed really much these lists. Um, oh, and a favorite of mine from Is It Wizards? I call uh, I call very affectionately Is It Hogwarts because <laughs> there's all wizards on it. Yeah, then I I usually call oh that's my Is It Hogwarts over there because there's a lot of wizards, cheap spells, mm-hmm. and blue and red mana, mm-hmm. and then we go. And Adelise, for sure, Adelise, yes, exactly. and this new, yes, and the new elemental with haste, uh, two man, just two manas, two power, two toughness, and haste, and flying. Yes. Oh, it's the guy I was missing on the on Hogwarts. On is it Hogwarts for sure? They definitely added a lot of great synergy in that. Uh elementals deck i as i played myself also i sh- i saw there that people were creating a brand new meta at that moment in one day because we got access to the live to the early access event for one for one day only and i saw right away that people yes. were creating elemental decks those were the big ones i tried to play a little bit with mono black vampires i thought that was kind oh. of fun there was some good uh vampire synergies going on and the new soren planeswalker that helps you uh, with your uh, planeswalkers, it's not quite as aggro as a red deck, but it's a good. It felt like a good go wide deck in mono black, so that was pretty interesting for me during the event. Oh, for sure, they have such a great synergy with new soaring. For sure, it's a such a great deck. I haven't the time to test it. I have not the time to test it, but I think it was it's a great deck as well. And like uh, Orzov Lifelink as well, I thought it was a good thing to start building some M20 decks. But unfortunately, it was only 24 hours, so I didn't have all the time to finish all the 20 decks I would like Mm -hmm. to build. That's okay. We, We can build it now on Arena. Yes, it was just interesting to log in and then suddenly see that I had, what was it, 200,000 gems to play with. And I'm like, well, I'm never going to have that that many gems in real life, so I'll enjoy it for 24 hours. (laughs) Yeah, so do I. And then I bought things like, oh, shields from Tamiyo, shields from Liliana. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, best part of streaming early access events is giving people that's watching all that they want. Oh, so they hit request. 
Oh, Lydia, please buy this Liliana shield. This is so yes. nice and it's not your account. So we have money. So please <laughs> buy this one. Yeah. It's not your account with like any gems. So please buy this one and all the, the formats we could play. And... and then buying the different, uh, the different Chandra Ember cats and to give it wings and everything. Yes. It's so super nice. Like, I like cats a lot, mm -hmm. especially because of my, of my profession. Mm. But oh, Chandra Zembercat now is here to to illustrate my board game. It is so yes. nice. Yeah, I like cats as well, and it was fun to have one. And I liked uh, cycling it between the different colors. Maybe at in the at the moment I'm in the mood for it to be red, but then I'm in the mood for it to be black. And jumping around to different colors was pretty fun. But the funny thing is, if you try to pet your opponent's cat, it hisses at you. Yes, he's like foo foo. We call foo here in Brazil, but yeah. hisses. Yes, he hisses at you and oh, this is not my cat. Let me exchange to the other cat. Oh, this one is like him. So this is my cat. It's super fun. I I I must thank to the um, to the design group for you know thinking about these little details and bringing the, all this nice stuff to the game. So guys from the development of arena thank you so much mm -hmm. for thinking on all these little things yes thank you to everyone on the development team i liked how in the beginning you could not click on the environments and then now eventually you can so you can click on the little scorpion that moves around or you can click on the yes. building and there's all of these environmental things you can do now which is a little touch of of fun that i enjoyed Yes, yes, especially when you're up against a Nexus player <laughs> that will take a lot of time to do his plays. So you may <laughs> un entertain yourself by clicking on the cat or clicking on scorpions or the yes. pigeons sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it's a, ni a nice touch to the game. Now, what is a card at the moment that you're enjoying most on Arena? Mm, probably Yarg. We call here. Uh, we call him here the bacon god hmm. the boar god uh, the big bacon call him a lot of names but he for sure he lives on my heart now yarg <laughs> decks like uh grew big monsters mm -hmm. grew agro grew mid-range grew ramp people are calling so many names on, on this deck mm -hmm. but i really enjoy it by it's like a, a, a forest Lana Water Elves, mm. and then I put Rhythm, Rhythm of the Wilds, and then mm -hmm. suddenly there is Donri, and then suddenly there is a Yarg, hitting mm -hmm. uh, Wu with haste, and a Gauta coming up <laughs> through him. So it's a super fun deck for an aggro player like me. Yes, it's also uh, probably very fun for a veterinarian player because it has so many great animals. Yes, for sure. That's what attracted me to this deck. Oh, there's a boar that's super nice. There's a, a boar god mm -hmm. that's even nicer. And there's a lot of animals. I can put phoenixes, dinosaurs, whatever my heart's content. So it's super. Mm -hmm. It's a very zoo deck, you know. Yeah. It's basically a gru zoo yarg or gru zoo bacon. I don't know mm -hmm. exactly how to call him. I call him in my... I, I know for... I am known for putting little nice names to my decks, mm. giving to my decks uh, funny names. And this one is called just Bacon. <laughs> and there is Bacon version 1, Bacon version 2, Bacon version 3. Here is Bacon version 4 now. And I really, really enjoy this deck. And 
is it Hogwarts as well? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm such a is it Hogwarts player with all this Wizards and Wizards Lightning and Wizards Torch and mm -hmm. so. I have a lot of fun, Marina, just building decks that I, I think I'll call, I told you, I like the Groselia ones. We call Groselia uh, a sweet syrup-like drink we have in Brazil. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, it's something like a soda, but then more dense. Yeah. No, don't know yet the English word for groselha, but we usually give this nickname here to decks uh, that they are not competitive, they are fun. Mm -hmm. They have a little to no chance to <laughs> to play smoothly, you know? Yes. But still, they are fun. So nonetheless, we try them. And that's super fun to play with the groselha ones. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think that if a person uh, concentrates too much on the competitive aspect, they miss out on the fun aspects. And even though it's fun to win, it's not fun to be so competitive that you're losing uh, that aspect of the game. I play competitive magic as well. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, besides from being a Brazilian streamer, I also play for a team called The Storm. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of games. Uh, we call, we play FIFA, we play Magic and Pokemon mm -hmm. trading card game. But I'm the one responsible for Magic, mm -hmm. for the Magic area of the of Storm. Mm -hmm. So I'm also a competitive player. But I try to focus less on this part when I'm streaming. Mm -hmm. I stream for fun, for uh, solving questions from my followers and stuff like that. I try not to be so competitive when I'm streaming. But when I'm, I'm practicing for a championship, mm. uh, for sure I'll be totally competitive player. Oh, good. If you'd uh, also like, I can put any links you'd like to, to your team on our show notes as well and try to give them a little bit more publicity as well. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I'm sending you the our Twitter. Mm-hmm. So one of the um, one of the cards that I'm enjoying at the moment is Dread Presence. So this is the oh. three three uh, creature nightmare for four mana, and I like it because it has a sort of a landfall ability, but only with swamps. When you play a land, you can either draw a card or have it do damage. So I think that's really interesting because an opponent cannot counter. A, a, a land drop you know they can counter anything except playing a land so once you've got your dread presence in play you will play your land and get a card out of it or have it do damage uh to to a smaller creature or planeswalker oh yeah he's perfect uh he, he, this card was one of the main responsibles for me and my boss as well for getting first place on pre-release on m20 oh, on wow. our star Mm -hmm. Yes, because Dread Presence is so strong. You just you put him in the game, and then you put a swamp, and oh, your mm -hmm. planeswalker is just two of loyalty. Oh, yes. so he's dead. Yes. And then two on your face, and then two on that on on that creature of yours. He's such a, a strong card, you know. It's such yes. a strong card. I think poor thing. Maybe he'll be banned soon. I don't know. I mm. always. I always look with such um, fear for cards that mm -hmm. are too good because, oh my god, they are going to ban it. He's so nice and good and strong. Oh, why, Lord? Yeah, that's always a concern, but I, I suppose because it's four mana, in a standard yeah. deck, four mana shouldn't be 
too much of a problem, but perhaps in a modern deck uh, to to ramp up to four mana to get that creature out faster, it might be a concern at that point. But it's still a creature that, that can be uh, path to exiled or... Uh, what else? We, it can be uh, killed with another white spell or anything else. So yeah. it might be an issue, but we'll see yeah, what happens. Yeah, for sure. Yes, I think no need for worries. I just have this feeling when I look to, <laughs> to a card that's, oh my god, this is so good. Probably they'll ban it. Yes, <laughs> but just a, a bad feeling about it. Not exactly something that will, will, will happen. Mm-hmm. Just a bad feeling about it. <laughs> Now, combining some cards together into a deck, uh, you you had mentioned that you're liking elementals and such. But uh, what are, what is a what is a deck that you're playing on Arena that you uh, are enjoying? What I'm really really enjoying is Ilyark's deck for sure. The Bacon. Gru- yes, the Bacon deck. I really like it. And uh, now I'm playing Bacon deck. And sometimes when the win rate gets too low, I just switch to good old monohead of course it's <laughs> yeah. my comfort zone and sometimes i just wish it to is it hogwarts the mm-hmm. one i'm also playing another version of is it deck with phoenixes and sahili mm-hmm. and rouserak for sure mm-hmm. so I'm, i sometimes i like is it is it decks maybe i'm just going too blue maybe maybe <laughs> i'm drawing too much to counter spells mm-hmm. i don't know maybe i'm changing from when I've tried to climb the ladder a little bit, I I play the mono blue um, tempo deck. Tempo. Oh, uh, that one's such, enjoyable. Such a nice deck. It is. It's too mean for the yes. opponent because there's so many counter spells in it. And then suddenly this little terramander is a big terramander. But that's the one I use Yay. for uh, trying to climb. Although I have been having good success with this with 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 my version of this mono black vampires. I actually just got up to platinum. Um, play mostly wow, playing that vampire deck. Nice. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's super nice. I would love to just to test your deck list if you sure, might. Sure. Yes, I'll you... pass you. I'll pass you my deck yes. list. Uh, it's Thank mostly you. all vampires, except that I do have four dread presence because again, it's very powerful with that land ability. So I, I'm making oh, that dread sure. presence an honorary vampire. Oh yes, for sure. He deserves it. <laughs> he totally deserves it. Uh, a nightmare vampire, like from the heart, honorary type. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the mono black deck works very well with having the noxious grasp. I think that's what it's called, right? Noxious something. Just a moment. Yes, yes, yes. Noxious. I I know the card, but I don't remember exactly how to explain it. But when someone tells me a, a card name, I remember the art mm-hmm. first. Then mm-hmm. I remember what the card do is. Noxious Grasp, I believe. It's uh, one black, one generic mana at an instant. Destroy target creature or planeswalker if it's green or white, and you gain one life. Yeah. Yeah. Does it, uh, you, you use it main deck or sideboard it? That one is sideboard, but it seems... It's kind of funny because how the arena system matches you. I often have to sideboard it in, and I feel like almost... I should just have it in the main board because arena seems to keep matching me with Nissa decks or Teferi decks, so I might as well just put it into the main board. But it's in the sideboard yes. just in case. Oh, that's nice. And speaking about Black um, 20 the cards, what do you think of Rotting Regisaur? I really liked it. 
I like it. I like the concept of a, of it a lot that you get this very large creature very quickly, and it's okay that you that you then have to discard cards for it, uh, because the order of it, right? It's untap, upkeep, draw. So if you don't have anything to to discard, then you can still do your draw and you have your card. But yeah, I, I like it. I like that. I haven't put it into any decks just yet, but I like the concept of it. Yes, I, I played with it on pre-release event. And I really enjoyed it. Oh my god, it's like a seven power in the turn turn three. Yes. How awesome. Mm -hmm. I was like I was totally fascinated by this dinosaur on the third the turn three on the board. Mm -hmm. It's a nice. Yeah, and then again the art of it, I think that's very interesting art as well. I've I've pulled it up here and so it seems like this odd it's a zombie dinosaur, so its art is very interesting and evocative and very uh, misty in in the in the forest there. Um, so that's another thing yeah, to enjoy about it. Yeah, it's so nice. And there's flavor text. Always, I'm always dragged to flavor text as well. <laughs> and then Modris of Sargot Fan tells. Oh, that's a zombie, and that's super <laughs> nice, you know, <laughs> because it's a dinosaur. <laughs> yes. It's oh, it's amazing. Uh, I'm just a fan, a uh, huge fan of text <laughs> mm -hmm. since the very beginning. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite uh, sets recently was the whole Ixalan block because it had a variety of dinosaurs to enjoy to put in your decks. What did What do you think about that that block Ixalan? Oh, I love it. When Excellent was released, I tried to build an Aya dinosaurs, mm -hmm. but it didn't went so well. Maybe mm -hmm. I just need to build a stronger list. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But now uh, I see people on Arena playing with Naya dinosaurs, and I think, mm -hmm. oh, I was not. I was right then. Yeah. <laughs> you were. You were ahead of the game. Yes, I was ahead of the game, exactly. Oh, I was such a vanguardist with playing with this deck. <laughs> but then I just start to play with another stuff, especially because Ixalan, Ixalan is the way we, the, you pronounce in English? Yes. Ixalan, yes, thank you. Ixalan was so full of tribal decks that was mm -hmm. pretty hard to not to tend to one. Mm -hmm. So either you play dinosaurs or vampires or merfolks. Mm -hmm. I did such a great Simic merfolk deck back, back mm -hmm. then. Uh, or you go pirates, but I don't know. Pirates wasn't that famous here in Brazil. Mm -hmm. People really enjoyed the, the, the vampire ones, the dinosaur ones. And merfolks ones, yes. Especially people that already play merfolks on mm -hmm. modern. They were such huge fans of merfolks on on standard as well yes yes i liked the the story in that block and i liked how we saw different aspects of jace and vraska and i liked the various yeah. tribes but you would say, you could say that it was a little rigid in terms of the color the color combinations were really pointing you to a certain tribe or direction and that was a little bit of a downside but overall i liked the story i liked the art i liked um the tribes and it was a very enjoyable block oh for sure and i'm still rooting for jason vraska to share that coffee together <laughs> me so too at some point i have any yes i'm rooting so much for for this couple they have fans on Brazil. They have people supporting him then as well. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I hope they return to that storyline because they. I think they built it up very well in the, 
in the stories that they released, and I was a little disappointed that they didn't continue it, but uh, they focused on the Nicol Bolas plot and uh, not too much on the on the romance aspect of things, which I, I hope that they would return to. Oh, I would like, I would really enjoy if they return to these human aspects of Planeswalkers. It's not just all about fights or mm -hmm. all about the defeating some big and bad enemy. It's something about human relations as well. Mm -hmm. Even, even oh, not all the Planeswalkers are humans, but you know, human relations between them, like friendship mm -hmm. and love and admire, admiring other Planeswalkers, just like Chandra has a huge respect for Jaya. Yes. And didn't know it, she was Mother Luthi all the yes. time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. I would love to see more of these human relations on, on lore, on um, MTG lore, mm -hmm. even knowing that we are not talking about humans all the time. Mm -hmm. Erzan Graf, for example, that's yes. not a human, he's a minotaur, technically half human, but it has two daughters. I'd love to see more of this story about him, yes. about how he ended up on Ixalan and the Zor that keep on the promise of Ugin, uh, of, oh, guy, I'm going to help you. And he never showed up. Mm -hmm. He had some personal problems. <laughs> yes. I'd love to see more of these stories, not just the, the fighting side, the defeating bad enemy side. I'd love to see more of this. Yes, I agree. I think there are so many perspectives that we can get from these stories that they don't always have to focus on a big battle or some sort of big enemy. These smaller stories with with human emotion and relationships, I think, even when it's not a human character, I think it's still enjoyable. Yes, yes, for sure. Uh, people after Dominaria lore, People were telling, oh my god, Karn, you're totally going to go back to New Phyrexia and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Yo, <laughs> and I started like, what? New Phyrexia? Oh, I'm going to read some of this lore. I don't, uh, although I played Magic at that time, I didn't follow the lore very closely at that moment. Mm -hmm. So I was like searching out the internet, uh, asking for people, oh, do you have anything about New Phyrexia? I'd love to read it because there is Melita and there is Karn and this and this all this stuff I don't know yet. Mm -hmm. I have no no not a lot of, lot of knowledge. And that's the the nicest part of the lore. You you go and search for things and find connections between pers um, between characters that you never thought they existed before, just playing the cards. Yeah, I think they do a good job of that, tying several storylines together that may have existed for dozens of years, or if not longer. So I think that's one way to definitely enjoy magic besides playing it. It's reading about it, learning about it, and continuing, because they always release something new to enjoy. Yes, for sure. For me, uh, when people ask me, what, why, why do you play magic? You know, you like... Uh... 30 years old woman i'm 32 actually <laughs> but i look less so <laughs> i look like i have a less age so that's okay <laughs> and people ask me oh you're a grown-up woman why the hell do you play magic it's such a stuff for kids and i say no it's not just for kids stop right there it's mm -hmm. for everyone mm -hmm. 
<laughs> not just a kids game you know it's so so complex so rich and one of my my favorite aspects of magic is exactly uh the how many uh, of how many ways you can interact with this game you may play magic just because you like to play magic you just because you like to play cards you may enjoy magic because of you like the lore, you like reading stories, you like human connections. Mm -hmm. Even when it's not between humans, just as we said, just uh, just as we said before. Mm -hmm. You may enjoy cosplaying. I'm also a cosplayer, a magic cosplayer sometimes. When a veterinary routine lets me do some cosplay, I will cosplay something. Mm -hmm. And you have so many ways to interact with magic that's so rich, so amazing, so fascinating. Then I ask you why everyone is not playing magic like me. Why are you asking? Oh, you're too old for magic. Oh, cut the crap. <laughs> I think those are very good points. Uh, I think when someone gives it a chance and they see what the game is, that it can be complex, it can be interesting. I think they'll try it and they'll try it for a while and fall in love with it. And we can keep getting new players and new opponents. Yes, they just need to give magic a chance, you know, because mm -hmm. it's so rich, so complex. They should, oh, everyone should play magic even once in a lifetime. It's so nice. I think people playing it in arena might be the best way nowadays because it's so accessible. Um, so have you had any interesting or fun or weird moments on arena that you'd like to share? Oh, there's a lot of them. A lot, especially when I'm streaming, because weirdest thing, weirdest things happens when camera is on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's this time that I was playing and was uh, a really really nice aggro player as I am. Mm. I was attacking with everything that I've got with probably with bacon deck. Mm -hmm probably was bacon deck and then i attacked with all the creatures i've got and then broke gauta between yargi who <laughs> was doing a pretty mess all over the board but didn't did the math exactly <laughs> so my <laughs> so my opponent was left with one point or one life point yeah and in the in his turn he just managed his way to kill me <laughs> so I, oh god why didn't did my math Guy was just killed me with one life point left. Yes. So. I had something similar, but in the opposite, in that I was, uh, this was actually during the early access streamer event, and I had set up a, a one versus one match uh, oh, with, uh, nice. with Kyrie, also known as Mythic Michaela, who has been previously on the podcast. And she is, uh, oh, she, she's. So nice. Yes, she's been uh, she's been on the podcast. She's been reached. Uh, she's reached Mythic on both Constructed and Limited, and so I had a one-on-one -on -one, uh, battle with her during the early access event, and her deck was working very, very, very good, and I was just uh, losing a lot of life points, and I had reached down to one life point and i don't remember the exact sequence of events but i started to then draw the cards that i needed i started to draw my removal i started to draw a little bit of life gain and i was able to hold her off until eventually the game turned around until the game turned around and then i ended up winning and i was completely amazed by that yay congratulations that's so hard to 
perspective, you know, when you're like one life point, yes. you start to feel the pressure, like, oh my god, I'm going to die, oh god, oh god, yes. should I buy the right the right card right now? Uh, it's it's a, a very strong um, psychological pressure yes. of yourself from yourself. And it's very nice to to get away from all those bad feelings and just draw all the cards you need and change all the tide of the game. It's so nice. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. This is a good learning opportunity in terms of that sometimes when you think that your match is over, it's not really over until you're at zero. Yeah. So I think as beginning players, uh, sometimes they don't realize that and they defend their life totals too much, even to their detriment, like losing an important creature to defend that life total. So I think that's an important uh, uh, point for, for beginning players. Would you have any advice for players that are new to the game? What, what would you like to tell them as a new player? I think that uh, for everyone out there that is hearing this podcast, with my broken English, sorry about that, <laughs> I would tell them to play uh, as long as they can, whenever they can, because when we play, we improve. Mm -hmm. So the, the best way, oh, oh, people always ask me, oh, how can I improve on magic? Play magic. Play mm -hmm. with someone you believe is better than you, then you can learn something. Play and, and build the conscious that uh, you need to improve this point or that point something like oh i need to uh, to remember to let uh some creatures blocking for me and mm. not just attacking with all of them maybe i should i could have win uh that match if i just remember this simple move uh, <laughs> don't you don't need to attack all the time and with everything you don't need to counter everything just main pieces of your opponent's deck so play Play as long as you can, play whenever you can, and play with people that is better player than you, that, that are better players than you, mm -hmm. so you can prove it. I, I think that's that's the piece of advice I would give to anyone starting Magic. I think that's great advice because sometimes perhaps people stay on a certain level of skill because they don't play with other people that are at a higher skill. If everyone is the same skill, then perhaps... You might stagnate, and so if you have higher level players, it challenges you to learn more strategy, to think things further, and to uh, leave a few more creatures to defend you as well. Oh yes, for sure. And you don't you you don't need to attack all the time. You don't need to counter all the time. Mm -hmm. Just the the main moments and to read the board like this. I believe it's an advanced move. It's a pro. Move. Yes, I still didn't develop this this knowledge. I think I'm an intermediate player, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, I always have some space for improvement. Mm -hmm. Always. In various uh, articles that I read and podcasts, they they talk about sort of the evolution of a of a magic player. I listen a lot to Mark Rosewater's podcast. You know, he's the head designer of Magic at the moment, and he talks about these yeah. various theories in terms about beginner players think very short term, but more advanced players have to think in in the more long term because of the many possibilities. And I think that's a skill that people can get to as you say, by playing as much as they can, as long as they can. 
Yes, and with better opponents. Then you can learn something, not just the same moves you do all the time and mm -hmm. the same decisions you make all the time in the, on the game. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a nice way for improvement. Mm -hmm. Now, on another topic, even though Magic is a great game and we we love playing it do you have any opinions on any way to improve magic or the community or the company or the program or anything magic related that might need improvement mm, that's a that's a good question uh, i didn't know if i told you before but i'm part of a brazilian group called liga das garotas magicas mm -hmm. on a root translation it would mean league of magical girls mm -hmm. it's a group that reunites girls that play magic Oh. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. We we reached the mark of a uh, thousand girls on oh. the last four years that are gathered together on a group, and then we we do stuff like play together and and exchange cards, and then something. I I believe you have something on on United States as well. The Lady Planeswalker Society. Yes, exactly. I think it's similar. It's similar ideas, I guess. And Liga das Garotas Magicas has been to me on one of one of the administration group since the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And I believe for me it was such a nice place to make friends. And well, I thought it was impossible before. I play magic for the last 14 years. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I was the only girl I see on championships, yes. on on smaller play groups. Uh, or even on bigger play groups. Sometimes I was the only girl playing, and that made me feel a little lonely. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this is a male's game? Why am I the only one here? Mm -hmm. And then I found some uh, some other girls that play as well, and they are amazing, and they uh, we support each other a lot. So I believe uh, if I could improve anything about magic, it would be to... I would love to everyone to play magic, no matter her, their gender, no matter her social condition, no mm -hmm. matter her, their age. I think Dana, like, uh, Dana is one of the players I admire the most because she's eight years old and she rocks. Mm -hmm. And I believe that magic should be for anyone. I think this is the, the, play, the part I would improve about magic community. Not... Uh, mm, not getting limited by, oh, it's just a male's game, or just an adult's game, mm -hmm. or just a kid's game. No, no, magic is for everyone, and I, I would love everyone to see this and to give this game an opportunity. So for me, Liga das Garotas Magicas has represented this, this exchange of, oh, I'm the only girl here, the girl said to, mm -hmm. oh, we are in a thousand girls group, and scheduling when is the first the next time we're going to to reach out to each other and play together and take photos together and build decks together mm -hmm. that's amazing i would love everyone to to part to be part of this game that brought me so many friends so many nice moments and so many fun memories mm -hmm. I completely agree. I think everyone should be able to play regardless of of any barriers that there may be and I'm happy to also put the Liga das Garotas Magicas in the links so that people can check oh, them out. For sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe we are most active on Facebook. I'll just send you the link. 
Sure. Yeah, that's garotas magicas. Now I speak uh, I speak Spanish, so I hopefully said it close oh. enough that it sounded like I, I knew what <laughs> yes, I was talking yes. about. <laughs> in Brazil, we call Portuguese. We we speak Portuguese in Brazil. Yes. We don't speak a lot of Spanish. My Spanish is pretty bad for <laughs> for an example, but we know people from all over the globe. So yes. sometimes you get paired by with some person from Mexico, Argentina. And some other places that are uh, Spanish speakers. Yes. So we we learn a little of every language, mm -hmm. or just by playing magic or traveling around the globe or stuff like that. Yes, and again, that's that's uh, one of the great aspects about the game that uh, everyone can have cards in their own language, and we all play together and especially with online, uh, you can be playing someone in a different country and the program automatically translates it for you. So you don't have to even worry about uh, uh, knowing knowing the language. So I think Magic is doing a very good job to reach a global audience. Oh, for sure, especially with Forena. And we, yes. I can play with someone on German, Japan, China. And oh, by the way, this reminds me of a very interesting story. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the um, War of the Spark early access event, I was there and I was paired with someone from Magic France, from the French mm -hmm. community of Magic. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the person's nickname was just MTG France mm -hmm. or something like that. I don't remember very well. But uh, this person played an amazing version of Boros Heroic. Mm -hmm. I don't know if everyone is calling in Boros Feather as well. Oh, sure. People, people give a lot of name, different names for the same deck, mm -hmm. but we call it here as Boros Feather because mm -hmm. it's all based on Fe and Mileva, the mm -hmm. of Tenth District. Mm -hmm. The that amazing girl, that brave girl that started as a I don't as a guard. Exactly. Yeah, she had yes, several cards that she started as a guard and then got upgraded, or I mean promoted, and then she eventually yes. became much more powerful. Yes. Yes, and then she became a legionnaire from the 10th district. Yes. I just call her Mileva because uh, from the flavor text, I understand that's the same person that yes. got promoted all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I saw this version from MTG France account, and I was like astonished. I, I, I totally lost that match, <laughs> but I got astonished by the way it was builded around Mileva and Feather. So I was uh, talking with uh, my followers and was, oh my God, I need to build that deck. He's amazing. <laughs> oh, where can I find the list? I'll try to, to talk with people from MTG, MTG friends. <laughs> I, didn't I didn't remember exactly the nickname. So I didn't uh, have the, how to reach. So I just built an approximate... Um, a similar deck list. Yes. And then I just called uh, Boros from the French, you know, Boros do Francês in, yes. in Portuguese. We called just, oh, Boros from the French guy. This was the name of the deck <laughs> on my early XS event. Mm -hmm. Like, and it still has this name on my Arena account. Mm -hmm. It's Boros do Francês. <laughs> this is the name, the deck list name is Boros from the French guy. Um, the name, the name just hit. And mm -hmm. we, we do a lot of fun names on our decks. It's fun. Mm -hmm. It's part of the fun as well. <laughs> it is. So, Boros do Francês got uh, very famous between Brazilian players. Uh, people just 
buy this idea, really enjoyed this idea, and then remember of, of my match with MTG France account. Mm -hmm. It was super nice. I really, really hope to find them someday and we can exchange deck lists and see if I guessed the right mm -hmm. his early access uh, deck list. <laughs> well, maybe if we all get invited back to the next Arena pre-release uh, early event, maybe you'll find them again. Oh yes, I hope so. This time I didn't, I didn't get the luck to be paired with them, mm -hmm. but maybe next time. Mm -hmm. Oh, next to next to early access event. Yes. Now, what is one thing, if you can narrow it down, what is one thing that you love about magic? Oh, narrow it down is so hard. <laughs> yes. Because I love pretty much everything, uh, but I would. If I would choose just one thing about magic that I love, it would be probably the, the gathering. Of mm. course, uh, I have a lot of female friends because of magic. It's something that I thought it was impossible at some point of my player life. Uh, I compete for magic, I string magic, I cosplay magic, I interact with lore, sometimes on the subway just playing some old magic lore. Mm -hmm. And I believe this is the the nicest part of magic you can choose how you interact with this game mm -hmm. you can choose if you just want to passive play you you can just play on your kitchen with your friends you can just cosplay you can just do fun arts mm -hmm. you can just do photos in brazil we have a really amazing project called um life is magic mm -hmm. i'll give you the the link I believe Instagram is the best way to find them. Mm -hmm. And they have a really nice project with, photo, with um, photos, mm -hmm. magic photos, magic cards, photos. Like, pho like you mean photographic uh, versions of the art yes. instead of the instead of the art, it's photos? No, no, it's better than this. It's so much nicer. Huh. They do uh, photo shootings of some cards in places that resemble the cards. Oh. For example, they just made a nice, a really, really nice photo of Ayula, mm -hmm. the big mama bear from yes. Modern Horizons, mm -hmm. and um, and in the woods, in the woods, basically on the woods, mm -hmm. with some honey on it. Oh. And we think like, oh my god, they just put honey on a card, <laughs> but it looks amazing. <laughs> it does and sound thought, really oh interesting. God. Yes, yes, I just sent you the the link. So you you my you are all invited to to meet Life is Magic. They mm -hmm. are run by a couple from Rio de Janeiro. Mm -hmm. And they are super super nice Bianca and Sian. Yes, it's Life is Magic MTG just as I, I just as I type it. And they do a lot of these like um angel card photos on churches mm -hmm. or on cemeteries. In, in places that resemble the environment of that card or mm -hmm. that card would be would be developed mm -hmm. so i think that's so nice so such amazing idea you know i am looking at it at the moment thank you for the link and i now i oh, see the welcome. concept it is really interesting that they take a card and they put it in, in an environment to that also captures the feeling of the art so i had not seen anything yes. like this before and it's a really really fun and interesting so i'm definitely sharing that in the podcast as well oh yes thanks for sharing and i believe that they do an amazing amazing work with that because i never saw anything like this before 
And that's another amazing way to interact with magic. Mm -hmm. Say that we just need to play it. Like you can photo shoot it, yes. you can cosplay it, you can uh, write fan fictions about it. Mm -hmm. You can do so much with magic that I think this is exactly the part I love in this game. Mm -hmm. You don't need just to play or competitive play. You you can do anything you want with magic. This is mm -hmm. so amazing. Now I've been doing this episode. Uh, these I've been doing this podcast for almost thirty episodes now. I release one every every Friday. And so I'm running out of things to say of what I love about magic. So I'm going to borrow your answer because I also love that. I hadn't uh, heard about that Instagram account, but now that I see it, I really like it as well. So I'll pick that as an answer as well, that just the creativity of the community. Yes, you can do alter tokens, you can mm -hmm. alter magic arts, you can, you can do so much with magic that is just not limited to to a board game, mm -hmm. to, to a card game mm -hmm. specifically. And I believe this is the best part of magic for me. You can choose how, whenever and however you want to interact with magic. Mm -hmm. I believe this is the best part of it. So you can podcast about magic as well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just as we're doing. Yes, you can join a, a group, of a magic group. You can, you can do so much with this game. This is it's unfair that we just play it. Mm -hmm. It's so amazing. So what would you say is a non-magic hobby that you have? What else do you like to do besides play magic? I think that I have none left. <laughs> yes, because um, my days are filled with veterinary stuff, like helping animals and curing animals. This is the, the main part of my life that I love. But when I have some free time, some spare time, I play magic. And then if I'm not playing magic, I am building some cosplay for next pre-release. Mm -hmm. uh, or reading some article. Or just reading mangas. I, I love animes and mangas as well. Mm -hmm. It's mangas the right the right pronounce for it. Yes. Japanese. Uh, yeah, as you know, like Japanese comics. <laughs> yes. yes. I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but mangas. Yes, I, I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're also popular here in the US, definitely. Um, so oh, that's something sure. that's yes. something that can be shared globally, definitely. Oh, yes, yes. I really, really enjoy it. Sometimes people see uh, a big girl woman in Subway reading mangas and they do some... Um, <laughs> A provocatory look like, oh my god, she's a full grown woman reading mangas. And I just don't give a damn because yeah. I like them. I liked them since I was very little and started watching Sailor Moon. Yes. Bishoujo Senshi Sailor Moon. Mm -hmm. And I even speak a little of Jap Japanese because of mangas and animes. So it's, you know, my, my Japanese is pretty worse than my English, just for you to know. But I, I also like it a lot. Mm -hmm. But. Mostly of the time, I am being the Ligia veterinary. Mm -hmm. The veterinary Ligia, yes. Mm -hmm. And with my spare time, I just play magic, mm -hmm. basically. Sometimes when I can't play magic and I'm not uh, being the veterinary, I read some mangas, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, related to that, one of my hobbies is, is reading comic books, so the, the American version of comic books. Um, and... Uh, I've uh, done that since I was also very young. I started reading Spider-Man comics, 
when I was young in the 80s. And I still have those original comics, and I still pick up some new Spider-Man comics here and there, but I also like independent comic books. I like um, smaller uh, company comic books, just different varieties. So that's my second favorite hobby, or sometimes they fight. I don't know which is first and which is second, but it's magic or comic <laughs> books. Those are both my big hobbies. Oh, that's so nice. It's such such amazing hobbies, for mm -hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, besides Spider-Man, which other superheroes do you like? Which other comics do you like? So the one that I read on a regular basis is also Spider-Gwen. Um, oh, so that nice. character. I actually, I, I have a, a friend who used to own a comic book shop. And when I first met him, I remember one of the first books that I bought at his shop was Edge of Spider-Verse number two, which was the first appearance of Spider-Gwen. And I thought the cover looked very interesting. So I bought one copy and apparently that uh, eventually the character became very popular and eventually that issue became a little bit valuable. So without even trying, I had purchased this book that at the moment has a little bit of value because Spider-Gwen is very popular at the moment. Yes, and um, Spider-Man universe and magic multiverse they have so much in common mm -hmm. the multiverse concept for those who not play magic is very similar to spider-man multiverse mm -hmm. concept mm -hmm. so i believe they are pretty similar on the on this part mm -hmm. yes i think they a lot of this sort of like epic uh, fandom borrows a little bit from each other in that there's this multiverse in the world of magic, there's this multiverse in the world of uh, superhero comics and such, and I think they do tie all together. And it's just a, uh, it's just a great aspect of, of being a fan of these things, that there's always something new to, to read or to watch or to play with. Oh, exactly. Exactly. That's for sure. I'm also reading, I don't know if you've heard of this series, it's from Image Comics, it's called Unnatural. Mm, never heard of it, I guess. It was originally published in Italy, um, oh, I believe nice. originally called Contro Natura, and it is a story that is like, a, it's sort of like, a, well, it's all funny animals, so it's all like, you know, the movie Zootopia, where everyone's a, an, an animal, right? But it's a serious oh, sort of thing in terms of, um, in that world, it is forbidden for the different species of animals to have relationships. It is unnatural for a non-cat character to date, you know, to, for a cat to date a non-cat and so forth. So it's it has the guise of, it has the plot of it looking like a, sort of like a fun sort of thing because it's animals but it has a very serious story behind the scenes about prejudice about government control um about the corrupt legal system and it's like a very dramatic series if you ever look it up uh, that's another one that i'm reading oh, regularly for sure. i'm just <laughs> i'm searching for it right now on google i'm googling it right yes. now mm -hmm. since such a great artist very it's, no it's amazing i like the how they picture yes um, but i'm totally going to to search for it oh yes and it's italian my italian is oh pretty bad but <laughs> i think i can find an english version an english version but oh thanks for the 
for sharing this this indication. I really like it. Sure. I oh. think I heard that it's only 12 issues in total. And in the U.S., they've released, oh. I think, up to 10. In Italy, I believe the whole series is out. Uh, and eventually, they'll collect it in in a whole trade paperback in English. But uh, I'm reading the, the monthly releases of that. Uh, and it's oh. in the beginning, it feels like it's going to be much more of a of a light story, a little bit more comedic. But it gets very dramatic and very dark and very political and interesting as the series goes on. So I do recommend that. It is a little bit for mature audiences, but we're all grown up, so we can we can read it. Yes, yes. We everyone here is eighteen or older or twenty one or older in some in some countries. <laughs> Yes. But I believe I'm gonna I'm going to like it. Thank you for this, this amazing this amazing hint. Mm-hmm. It's so nice. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just see, uh, watching some um, some pictures of it, and then wow, this is this seems very interesting. Mm-hmm. Totally going to dig in the internet uh, to find it. Seems sure. amazing. Thank mm-hmm. you for this this amazing indication. You're welcome. Okay. Now, as we. Uh, as we wind down the podcast, do you have any final thoughts on anything magic-related? Oh, I would like to thank you again for inviting me, even because uh, I'm, not, I'm not the best English speaker on town. But I would love, I would love to thank you for inviting me, even even so. Mm-hmm. And I would love to play a match with you sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm not a very discordative person but mm-hmm. sometimes we can arrange that and then we play together uh i still owe you a match since early access event from oh, yes. Mm-hmm. yes yes we have some techno technical issues on the at, at night on the access event mm-hmm. but i think we can arrange that and then we can play together sometime i would love that my i, I always tell people that i have a way to knowing another person playing magic with it mm-hmm. and that's why that's how i met my boss mm-hmm. <laughs> my my my, now, now, my nowadays boss yeah. i just met him playing magic as mm-hmm. well and that's a, a nice way to know other person playing magic with mm-hmm. it so please let's play together sometime <laughs> yes definitely we will figure out our time zones and when it's not yeah. too late for you right now what time is it now it's all getting close to midnight isn't it or it actually yes, it already yes. is isn't it yes. <laughs> Yes, now in, in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, it's 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. Yes, 11 p.m. and a quarter. Mm-hmm. And, well, it's, it's getting pretty late, but I was amazed by this opportunity of talking with someone that is not from my country. Mm-hmm. And they, that plays magic as well. So I'd like to thank you for this, this inviting, for mm-hmm. inviting me. And thank all the people, all people that is listening. Besides my, my, besides my broken English, thank you very much for enduring till this moment. And thank you for listening. Well, thank you so much for, for being on the podcast. I'm also I'm always looking for people to interview. This The big concept of the podcast is that I try to have a different person every week just to talk about a variety of magic because uh, we all like this game. We all have a perspective on it. So I'm glad you were able to... Uh, find the time to to do this, and I hope to have you again in a future episode. Oh, please, ju- just send me a message and we can arrange that, mm-hmm. for sure. Would you like to take a moment again to, to self-promote? 
Well, I'd love to invite you to, if you'd like to watch some Brazilian girl what, um, playing arena, I'm online at Sundays, Sunday mornings. I love to stream at Sunday mornings. No one else is streaming at Sunday mornings. <laughs> so it's fun because, oh my God, that's only me here. And then people start to wake up and get my notification that, oh, Ligia is online. Let me check. And then there is me playing pretty old songs like Bee Gees and ABBA. I like <laughs> that kind of music. And with a mug of coffee, of coffee and playing good old magic mm -hmm. on Sunday mornings. I really loved it. On Sunday mornings and Thursday afternoon and uh, Friday, no, Tuesdays nights. I also play magic at twitch.tv slash Hinalika. Mm -hmm. I believe that the link will be available for you guys to, to click on it. Mm -hmm. And you you may ask me things in English. I I usually when people non Portuguese speakers uh, shows up on my life, I just treat them pretty well, mm -hmm. and then I speak English uh, to them, and then I translate to Portuguese to everyone else that is watching, so they don't get all lost mm -hmm. just because another person arrived. Another person that does not speak Portuguese arrived. Mm -hmm. So I try to receive everyone pretty well on my on my streams. So please be welcome to check it out whenever you can, even this in, even that's in Portuguese. Um, and I think that's it. Thanks for having me and my broken English. <laughs> mm -hmm. I also do some streaming. I only manage once a week however i stream on saturdays saturday 11 a.m and 11 p.m pacific time uh, that's when i'm mm -hmm. streaming i also that's uh and that's over at youtube.com slash vm campos jr don't forget the jr part because someone else uh took the <laughs> vm campos uh, but I'm oh, also yeah. at Twitter, twitter.com, VM Campos. I do have the VM Campos there. I have VM Campos everywhere except YouTube. And so <laughs> oh, I'm over... sorry about that. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I It was almost 10 years ago that I set up my YouTube account, and back then I wasn't able to claim it. So I've had to live with this for 10 years, so I'm okay. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Is VM Campos GR? Uh, JR for like junior. Oh, oh, sorry. I knew I was I was typing it wrongly. Now mm -hmm. I follow you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks very much for for reaching out and making the, this bridge. Oh, now I am a follower. <laughs> oh, I just need to log in on YouTube. Sure. So I'm there on uh, YouTube. I'm there on Twitter. I, I'm on Twitch. I have a Patreon as well. If people are interested, they can go to patreon.com slash vmcampos. I have a lot of free things for people. If people simply follow on Patreon, they can keep up to date with everything that I do online because I do YouTube videos. I do uh, tweets. I do a variety of things. If people um, subscribe at the $2 range, I actually mail people uh, vintage magic cards uh, from my collection. Uh, no, not a Black Lotus, but I send people cards. <laughs> and uh, that's one way to keep up to date with me, even if they're not uh, paying for the subscription. So those are all the places people can reach me. Well, uh, Hinalika, thank you so much again for being on the podcast. I'm the one who needs to thank you for reaching out and giving this you know, so thank you very much for inviting me 
thank you for uh, I must thanks all of the guys and girls that are listening to this podcast. Thank you very much for for paying some attention. <laughs> and I hope we can play it together soon. Definitely, we'll set our we'll synchronize our schedules. For sure, for sure. Even that is four hours, uh, four hour difference. We can totally arrange this. Mm-hmm. This has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena.